Welcome to the Inspiring Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Domisha Campbell, and here we have authentic conversations about womanhood to inspire you to align with your God-given identity and show up as your best self. On last week's podcast episode, I asked you, how self-aware are you? I really wanted you to analyze yourself, and I gave you the definition of self-awareness. On this episode, I am going to go over, as promised, some things that could be blocking your self-awareness. Now, on last last week's episode, I forgot to mention two important parts of self-awareness. So internal and external self-awareness make up self-awareness in totality. So I just want to go over that quickly before I get into the blockers for today. So internal self-awareness is, of course, how we see our own values, thoughts, and emotions, right? External self-awareness is how we are seen by others. Okay, now with that out of the way, I am going to go into self-awareness blockers. Number one is you got a big ego, (laughs) such a big ego. Now, I'm not going to be the ego police here, and I don't even agree with the fact that you shouldn't have an ego at all. Um, That's just my personal belief. Um, But I do believe that your ego can be out of balance, right? And we often hear people talk about ego. So I did, I just like to go over definitions. So we're all on the same page, right? The ego is responsible for reality testing. The ego is also responsible for your sense of personal identity. So when your ego is out of balance, you can, you can tend to be overconfident. You can be self-obsessed, obsessed with yourself. You can be blinded to personal flaws you have a you may have a superiority complex. If your ego is out of balance, you could be a manipulator. And this is why it is important for what I to have a healthy or a balanced ego. That's what I call it, balanced ego, because when you get too egocentric, when you get too self-centered and you get too high and mighty, that's when you can become blindsided to the things that you could work on. You know, we are all spiritual beings having a human experience, right? Living in the physical realm. So of course, there's going to be challenges and shortcomings that we have. So you have to keep that ego self in check because the ego, if left unchecked, become your worst enemy, right? We all know people who are so overly confident and everybody else can see through it except them. That could potentially be an effect of having an overactive ego and your ego may be stronger in, in, in different areas or maybe more, let me say not stronger, but more out of balance in different areas of your life, depending on um, what your profession is, how long you've been doing something, how you were raised, how you grew up. You might feel very strongly about one area and be a little bit more uh, humble in another because of those things. So that's just something to keep in mind. And it definitely could be a self-awareness blocker. Okay. Number two is the lack of mindfulness. When you are mindful, you are able to be fully present in the moment. So to the contrary, the lack of mindfulness means that you cannot be fully present in the moment. Can you just sit with your thoughts? Can you sit in silence? Can you do one thing at a time? 
or are you too distracted? I'm asking these questions because it's easy to get caught and 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 being super busy, right? I spoke about that I think on the last episode or the episode before that where I was just constantly in a state of go, do, 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 do. And if I'm going and I'm doing and I'm busy, 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 that leaves little to no room for me to tune into myself because I'm focusing my my attention to everything outside of me, right? So being mindful is extremely important and, and not only being mindful when you are self-reflecting. I'm talking about being mindful in everything that you do. It's helped me so much to the point like even when I'm eating now, I make it a point to put my phone down, take out my AirPods, and literally just consume my food, chew it all up, and swallow it. You know what I mean? Like, literally just chew everything up, get those nutrients in there, really enjoy my food, not scroll on my phone and eat a fry or and listen to a podcast or and watch a YouTube video. Not what I'm eating. Now, if I'm washing the dishes or something, yeah, for sure. Now, if I'm cleaning the floor, okay, yeah, that's like a brainless or mindless task, but especially when I'm eating, I've already was doing this when I'm talking to people nine times out of 10. If I'm having a conversation with you and you're in front of my face, I'm going to put my phone away and I'm going to give you my undivided attention. Being able to be mindful. What are some areas in your life that you believe that you could be a little bit more mindful? And is it your craft? Even, you know, doing work. Sometimes we get so caught up in trying to do so many things at once. It could be extremely helpful to just say, you know what, I'm going to focus my next 15 minutes on just completing this task. When this has closed out, I work on the next thing. You know what, I'm going to put the phone away. I'm going to turn the TV off. I'm going to actually sit down today and give my child my undivided attention. We're going to talk. We're going to play together. We're going to read a story together. I'm talking about really being mindful, really being present in the moment, not being on the phone, driving and talk, really, really, really being mindful. It may take some time. It may take some adjustment. I am a big advocate for starting slowly, but surely, right? slowly but surely that seems to be the secret thing for me now if you are someone who could just completely stop doing something cold turkey and move on to the next thing then more blessings and more peace to you do what works for you I'm, I'm an advocate of that also the next thing that could be blocking your self-awareness is cognitive bias now that's just a fancy way of saying you have a tendency to process and filter through information quickly, right? And it's not completely your fault because it's it's how the human brain is wired for survival, right? We filter our brain, we filter things through a matter of personal experience and preferences again, but it's all about balance, right? This can be used, cognitive bias can be used as a coping mechanism. If you're processing brain too quickly, that means there could be room for error, right? It's making you find mental shortcuts and it could lead to creating irrational interpretations and judgments about yourself, about other people, about situations, about circumstances. 
And it's also it's unconscious. And another another form or a type of cognitive bias is confirmation bias. Right. That's an example. Oh, you were already thinking that you thought you were led to go to Texas and now you're watching TV and you see an ad for people who need help and renting cars to move to Texas. Did you stop to think that maybe this is not a coincidence because um, I have Google TV and I Google searched this earlier and maybe my data is being tracked and advertisers have my information. Like, you know what I mean? That's that cognitive bias coming in there. It's filtering its way through. You think that you receive confirmation, but in reality, it is a potential that your information is just being tracked, right? We have to be aware of these things. And that's a perfect example as to how your brain can trick you to making it seem like, oh, you're aware and you know what's going on and this, this and that. But do you really, really, you didn't consider all factors. You didn't look at it from multiple different perspectives. You didn't get an external opinion about this thing. You kind of just jumped the gun to whatever came to your brain first. That is cognitive bias. So I hope with that blocker, you can see how that could be blocking your self-awareness. If you're jumping to the first conclusion that you come up and someone says, oh, you're very smart and you take that and you run with it. Well, this person told me that I'm very smart. So that means that I know everything. I am an expert in everything. And I noticed some of you, you're like, Dwanisha, that sounds ridiculous, but really, really think about it. And, you know, just think back into your past. Have you ever met someone who thinks that they know everything? I don't think this is <laughs> too far-fetched reasoning. Some people really believe that they are experts in everything, you know? So yeah, the next self-awareness blocker is if you are not willing to receive feedback from others. Now, if you struggle with this, you may want to look into your upbringing. You may want to look into... um how you were raised, because it, it may be that the way that you were raised plays a part in why you're unwilling or it's hard for you to receive constructive criticism. The reason that I'm saying this is because this is something that I dealt with and it has a lot to do with some of my childhood trauma, right? Oftentimes, or sometimes when people are unwilling to seek feedback from others, um, and you know, they give pushback and they're defensive, or if they get cold afterwards, it be it could be because that the feedback brings up feelings of sadness, hurt, or like shame, anger, being misunderstood, that you found out that I'm not perfect because all of my life, and I'm speaking for myself here, I've been trying to live up to these unrealistic expectations of knowing everything, being right and doing the right thing. Because as a child, that's what I was expected to do. Even though we are humans, and we all make mistakes, whether they are big or small, and not even just mistakes, we just do things. And they're a part of life. We make accidents, you know, and depending on how or who you were raised by, even accidents, could be treated as catastrophes. How dare you 
drop the milk off the counter on accident. You are a disgrace to this family. Now, that's a little bit extreme, and I'm not trying to, um, you know, pick on if this is a real situation for you. Obviously, it's not for me. But, no, some people really, and, you know, I in the past have been talked to like a dog for, for make for making a mistake or, or doing something that was an accident. So, naturally, I try to just stay out of the way, do everything that I could do to just you know, get by and and stay low key. So no one had anything to say about me, but good things. And that was a a way to protect myself. You know, a lot of the times we grow these uh, personalities and we grow this way of being because we're trying to protect ourselves, right? We're trying to compensate for, for how we were raised, for how we were treated or for how we were mistreated. Right. These things have very, very, very deep roots. And that's why I also put a perfectionist here, because we all know how perfectionism can limit you. And being a perfectionist is only going to make you go down this negative spiral of emotions. Right. It can make it difficult to achieve your goals because you have that inner critic in your head. You know, I was watching a video by Sister Six the Goddess. She is a beautiful, wonderful woman. She does femininity content and I watch her sometimes because she is so entertaining. Um, but nevertheless, she had a live stream and she said that from the ages of, I forget the ages, I think it was from when a child is born to like 12, the voice that develops inside that child's head is the voice of the mother, right? So if your mother was overly critical, right? And she said to you, when you made a mistake, how could you make that mistake? You're so stupid. You internally would say to yourself in your own voice in your head, oh my God, I made a mistake. I'm so stupid taking that identity on. Um, I didn't look into any research to back up what she was saying, but I trust the sister and I I trust what she was saying. And I have personal experience with that. So I believe it too. Um, so that just goes to show how deep rooted these things is. And it it could also serve for the good too. If you had a mother that said to you when you were younger, Oh baby, everybody, you know, makes mistakes. This is how you do it the right way. The next time. That's what you'll say to yourself. And when you, when you have the inner voice of the ladder that I just stated, how easier do you think it is to maneuver life with that embracing that? Yes, I made a mistake. But it's not the end all be all. I'll just do it the right way the next time. Right. I learn from my mistakes. I don't get inside my head and critique myself into mental chaos. Right. We're not doing that. And that's not going to lead you to being more fulfilled and more self-aware to create the life that you want. Let's put those old things behind us. okay? let's put those old things behind us. Right. Also, the unwillingness to seek feedback is going to stunt your growth. Again, we already know it's going to lead to self-awareness, but it could also cause conflict in your relationships. Because if people, especially people you love and care about, if you're not taking in their opinions or their perception, if they don't even feel like you're even considering it, they may not want to hear anything you have to say. 
right? I'm not saying that every um, opinion that somebody has, you need to take it to the heart, you need to pray about it, you need to fast on it. No, that's why we need to know our values. We need to know who we are and what we are about. So that way, when things come our way, that's like, uh, whatever, you could just ignore it. But I'm talking about something, things coming from people that really love and care about you. Being a perfectionist is the root to self-destruction. And it kind of goes line and hand in hand with ego, right? Anyways, that is the last tip. Um, not the last tip. That is the last self-awareness blocker that I'm going over. And now I want to go over some signs of low self-awareness. Now we know what can be blocking it. And I did go over some signs because I just got ahead of myself. Number one, and this is these are in no particular order. Nothing in this episode today is not in highest to lowest or most important to less important. So number one is never admitting mistakes. You can do no wrong. Everything that you do is right. Even when you do make a mistake, you can't just say, oh, I'm sorry about that. It always has to be an explanation as to why you made the mistake oh, well, I didn't get enough rest or, oh, well, I am busy. Or, oh, well, that's a sign. So number two is constantly critiquing other people. Now, why would this be a sign of low self-awareness? In my opinion, if you are constantly critiquing others, it leaves little to no room for you to look internally to yourself and maybe see where you have similarities with this person or maybe be empathetic enough to see oh this person is suffering I suffer in my own ways too or maybe see that this person needs help constantly critiquing others is really not helpful it can put people in a state of being defensive, not wanting to be around you. I think this one goes with a lot of external self-awareness. How do people perceive you? Who wants to be around someone who is constantly criticizing them? No one at all. What do you think is more helpful? Saying to someone, you're lazy. You don't eat healthy enough. Your socialization skills suck. Or saying, when you don't help me with the monthly reports that I have to submit, it really makes me feel overwhelmed. And I would really like if you could just help out a little bit more. Or I feel really unconsidered when you don't help out and pull your weight in this group project instead of you're lazy. Or instead of saying, your socialization skills suck, how about you say, um, you know, I would really like to communicate with you or get to know you more on a deeper level. Like, what are your passions? Do you, or do you feel comfortable opening up, opening up that way with me? Doesn't that sound and feel so much better? You don't eat healthy enough. How about instead of saying that, you could say, you know, I'm really trying to work on changing my eating habits. And I would love if you could join me in on that. You know, if we eat better, we can have more vibrant energy, we could have some more energy, we could live longer because we're feeding our bodies with the minerals and the vitamins and nutrients that it needs, we could produce healthier children, these are all the benefits that it has for you, like, I want the best for you. What sounds better? 
nobody is going to want to bond and click to someone who likes criticizing them. Of course, unless they're trauma bonding, right? Yeah, I love that one. Okay, number three is avoiding decision making. Of course, you're going to have to trouble making decisions if you are not self-aware, if you don't know what your values are, if you don't know what you stand for, what you don't stand for, what you're working towards, you're going to avoid making decisions and look to external things, Google or external, you know, even people to kind of help you to come up with a conclusion, right? Because you are not confident in yourself to make the best choices for you. Now, please do not misquote me. This does not mean that I don't think that you should get outside opinions and um, consideration, even professional opinions, even support from other people. But there does become a time where there's like, okay, I know everything that's going on right here, right now. Or there's times it's where it's like, you have to make this decision for you. If you want to color your hair purple, you don't have to ask Sally, Sue, and Monique what they think about your hair being purple. What do you think about your hair being purple? Do you like the color purple? Is that going to be healthy for your hair? Monique can tell you, oh, I dyed my hair blonde and nothing ever happened to my hair. Sue can tell you she did it to her daughter's hair and it completely ruined it. So now what are you going to do? You can watch 100 YouTube videos. You can keep Google searching it. You're going to have to make a decision on your own based on the information that you have from the research you've done and also what you know about yourself. Okay, the next one, you are emotionally reactive. Sirens are going off. Now the sirens are going off because this is something that I have had to work to and be extremely conscious of. When you are emotionally reactive, you don't check in with yourself. You don't really process what's going on internally, externally. You don't get all of the information of the situation, try to look at it from multiple perspectives. You go whatever, you go with whatever feeling, whatever emotion you're feeling at that emotion. And what do you do? You react. So you close the door and someone else think you slammed it and they say, you know, stop slamming the door and you immediately get mad. And instead of saying, hey, you know, I didn't slam the door, you say, well, I didn't slam the door. You know, when you get all mad and angry instead of, you know, just like, wait, I didn't slam the door. It's nothing to be mad about. There's nothing to be angry about. That's what I mean. That's like a low level example. I don't really expect anybody to get mad over that. But you never know what kind of day someone is having. So let me not even say that I don't expect anyone to get mad over that. Maybe that's that person 10th time assuming that you slam something when you just shut it or you just like to shut your door hard because it needs to be. But yeah, being emotionally reactive is usually a sign that you are not as self-aware as you think you are because a part of self-awareness is being able to identify and regulate your emotions. And because we are human beings, we are so special, we don't have to be so reactive. We have the ability to process and think and use our brains. So And instead of being reactive, instead of being in fight or flight mode, you can really just take a breath, really analyze what's going on and then respond then. It's no need to do that. 
The next one is being anxious and constantly worrying. When you are in a state of anxiousness, it's hard to be self-aware because you are always in your head. You are always thinking, well, what if this doesn't go right? Or what if I die tomorrow? Or what if my friend doesn't like me? Or what if I'm not being the best mother or I can be? Or if what if my business fails? Or if what if they don't like my handwriting? You get what I mean? constant worry or what if I'm not able to pay all my bills and what if oh doesn't it sound exhausting already it's exhausting how are you going to be self-aware when all of you are thinking about is negative things anxiety is a dream killer because it keeps you in the future And the funny thing about anxiety is because some of the fears can be real. Like I struggle with anxiety, uh, like postpartum anxiety, as well as anxiety while driving. And while in therapy, I had to, you know, I I was, I love talking to her because it was like, she was like, well, this is the tricky thing because you have a reason to be on the cautious side while driving, right? You have been in an accident. And just acknowledging that made me feel better because sometimes you could talk to people who may have not had that same experience as you. And for my incidents, for my instance, like, you know, some people may have not been in an accident, so they may not understand that anxiousness that would come for me when someone's driving recklessly. And I'm like, oh, my God, please slow down because I don't know what could happen in an instinct because I've already been in an accident. So that anxiety and conscious worry, it could it could just really, really block yourself. It could be low it could cause a low self-awareness because you're not even really in the present moment. Being self-aware does require you to be present. When you're in the future, you're not present. So there's that. And last but certainly not least, the last sign of low awareness is ruminating on the past a blast from the past. So anxiety is going to have you in the future and thinking about the past, constantly going back to the past is going to leave you stuck right there. There is nothing we can do about that, right? Past decisions, conversation, life circumstances, past relationships. There is nothing we can do about yesterday, right? But we have each day as a new opportunity to do the best we can to build new relationships, to build new thought patterns, to build a new way of living. That's the best that we can do. So keep being stuck in the past, of course, is not going to help you be self-aware again, because you are not in the present moment. It goes, it all goes full circle, right? Anxiety is keeping you in the future of a what if, and then ruminating is keeping you in the past, but if, only if, right? all keeping you away from what is happening now and what you are in control of. Okay. So on the next episode of the podcast, I am going to go over the self-awareness spectrum. So that way you can identify what category that you fall in. And that way that so you can know where and and that's going to help you know where you're at. So that you could um, you could identify where you're at and then you can work on you know, developing your self-awareness to a higher level so that, you know, you're creating the life that you want. This is the end of the episode. Don't forget to tune in next week for the self-awareness spectrum episode. Peace.